0: Chapter One of the Mysteries of Paris, Volume One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Mysteries of Paris, Volume One by Eugène Sue. Chapter One The Tapis franc. Note one. Tapis franc, Literally, a free carpet. A low haunt equivalent to what in English slang is termed a boozing ken it was on a cold and rainy night towards the end of october eighteen thirty eight that a tall and powerful man with an old broad-brimmed straw hat upon his head and clad in a blue cotton carter's frock which hung loosely over the trousers of the same material crossed the pont au Change and darted with a hasty step into the Cité, that labyrinth of obscure narrow and winding streets which extends from the palais de justice to notre dame although limited in space and carefully watched this quarter serves as the lurking-place or rendezvous of a vast number of the very dregs of society in paris who flock to the tapis this word in the slang of theft and murder signifies a drinking-shop of the lowest class a returned convict who in this foul phraseology is called an ogre or a woman in the same degraded state who is termed an ogresse generally keeps such cribs frequented by the refuse of the parisian population freed felons thieves and assassins are their familiar guests if a crime is committed it is here in this filthy sewer that the police throws its cast net and rarely fails to catch the criminal it seeks to take on the night in question the wind howled fiercely in the dark and dirty gullies of the cité. the blinking and uncertain light of the lamps which swung to and fro in the sudden gusts were dimly reflected in pools of black slush which flowed abundantly in the midst of the filthy pavement the murky coloured houses which were lighted within by a few panes of glass in the warm eaten casements overhung each other so closely that the eaves of each almost touched its opposite neighbour so narrow were the streets dark and noisome alleys led to staircases still more black and foul and so perpendicular that they could hardly be ascended by the help of a cord fixed to the dank and humid walls by holdfasts of iron stalls of charcoal sellers fruit sellers or vendors of refuse meat occupied the ground floor of some of these wretched abodes notwithstanding the small value of their commodities the fronts of nearly all these shops were protected by strong bars of iron a proof that the shopkeepers knew and dreaded the gentry who infested the vicinity the man of whom we have spoken having entered the rue aux Fèvres, which is in the centre of the cité slackened his pace he felt he was on his own soil The night was dark, and strong gusts of wind mingled with rain dashed against the walls. Ten o'clock struck by the distant dial of the Palais de Justice. Women were huddled together under the vaulted arches, deep and dark like caverns. Some hummed popular airs in a low key. Others conversed together in whispers, whilst some dumb and motionless looked on mechanically at the wet which fell and flowed in torrents. The man in the carter's frock, stopping suddenly before one of these creatures, silent and sad as she gazed, seized her by the arm and said, Ha! Ah, good evening, la goualeuse. Note 2. Sweet-throated, in reference to the tone of her voice. The girl receded, saying in a faint and fearful tone, Good evening, chourineur. Note 3. One who strikes with a knife the stabber or a slasher. Don't hurt me. This man, a liberated convict, had been so named at the hulks. Now I have you," said the fellow. "You must pay me the glass of tape, O or I'll make you dance without music," he added with a hoarse and brutal laugh. "Oh heaven! I have no money," replied Goualeuse, trembling from head to foot. For this man was the dread of the district. If you're stumped, the agress of the tapifran will give you tick for your pretty face. She won't. I already owe her for the clothes I am wearing what you want to shirk it shouted the chourineur darting after la goualeuse who had hid herself in a gully as murk as midnight now then my lady i've got you said the vagabond after groping about for a few moments and grasping in one of his coarse and powerful hands a slim and delicate wrist and now for the dance i promised you no it is you who shall dance was uttered by a masculine and deep voice a man is you, you speak why don't you and don't squeeze so hard i am here in the entrance to your ken and you it must be tis not bras rouge said the voice oh isn't it well then if it is not a friend why here goes at you exclaimed the chourineur but whose bit of a hand is it i have got hold of it must be a woman's it is the fellow to this responded the voice and under the delicate skin of this hand which grasped his throat with sudden ferocity the chourineur felt himself held by nerves of iron la goualeuse who had sought refuge in this alley and lightly ascended a few steps paused for an instant and said to her unknown defender thanks sir for having taken my part the chourineur said he would strike me because i could not pay for his glass of brandy but i think he only jested now i am safe pray let him go take care of yourself for he is the chourineur if he be the chourineur i am a bully boy who never knuckles down exclaimed the unknown all was then silent for a moment and then were heard for several seconds in the midst of the pitchy darkness sounds of a fierce struggle who the devil is this then said the ruffian making a desperate effort to free himself from his adversary whose extraordinary power astonished him now then now you shall pay both for la goualeuse and yourself he shouted grinding his teeth pay yes i will pay you but it shall be with my fists and it shall be cash in full replied the unknown if said the chourineur in a stifled voice you do but let go my neckcloth i will bite your nose off my nose is too small my lad and you haven't light enough to see it come under the hanging glim there note four under the lamp called Reverber that i will replied the unknown for then we may look into the whites of each other's eyes he then made a desperate rush at the chourineur whom he still held by the throat and forced him to the end of the alley and then thrust him violently into the street which was but dimly lighted by the suspended street lamp the bandit stumbled but rapidly recovering his feet he threw himself furiously upon the unknown whose slim and graceful form appeared to belie the possession of the irresistible strength he had displayed after a struggle of a few minutes the chourineur although of athletic build and a first-rate champion in a species of pugilism vulgarly termed the savate found that he had got what they call his master the unknown threw him twice with immense dexterity by what is called in wrestling the leg pass or crook unwilling however to acknowledge the superiority of his adversary the chourineur boiling with rage returned again to the charge then the defender of la goualeuse suddenly altering his mode of attack rained on the head and face of the bandit a shower of blows with his closed fist as hard and heavy as if stricken by a steel gauntlet these blows worthy of the admiration of jem belcher dutch sam tom cribb or any other celebrated english pugilist were so entirely different from the system of the savate that the chourineur dropped like an ox on the pavement exclaiming as he fell i'm floored mon linge la vie. mon dieu mon dieu have pity on him exclaimed la goualeuse who during the contest had ventured on the threshold of the alley adding with an air of astonishment but who are you then except the schoolmaster and skeleton there is no one from the rue st eloi to notre dame who can stand against the chourineur I thank you very, very much, sir, for indeed I fear that, without your aid, he would have beaten me. The unknown, instead of replying, listened with much attention to the voice of this girl. Perhaps a tone more gentle, sweet, and silvery never fell on human ear. He endeavoured to examine the features of la goualeuse. But the night was too dark, and the beams of the street-lamp, too flickering and feeble, after remaining for some minutes quite motionless the chourineur shook his legs and arms and then partly rose from the ground pray be on your guard exclaimed the goualeuse retreating again into the dark passage and taking her champion by the arm take care or he will have his revenge on you don't be frightened my child if he has not had enough i have more ready for him the brigand heard these words thanks he murmured i am half throttled and one eye is closed that is quite enough for one day some other time perhaps when we may meet again what not content yet grumbling still said the unknown with a menacing tone no no not at all i do not grumble in the least you have regularly served me out you are a lad of metal said the chourineur in a coarse tone but still with that sort of deference which physical superiority always finds in persons of his grade you are the better man that's clear well except the skeleton who seems to have bones of iron he is so thin and powerful and the schoolmaster who could eat three Herculeses for his breakfast no man living could boast of having put his foot on my neck well and what then why now i have found my master that's all you will find yours some day sooner or later everybody does one thing however is certain now that you are a better man than the chourineur you may go your length in the cité all the women will be your slaves ogres and ogresses will give you credit if it is only for fear you may be a king in your own way but who and what are you you patterflash like a family man if you are a prig i'll have nothing to do with you i have used the knife it is true because when the blood comes into my eyes i see red and i must strike in spite of myself but i have paid for my slashing by going to the hulks for fifteen years my time is up and i am free from surveillance i can now live in the capital without fear of the beaks and i have never prigged have i la goualeuse no he was never a thief said the girl come along then and let us have a glass of something together and i'll tell you who i am said the unknown come don't let us bear malice Bear malice devil a bit you are master i confess it you do know how to handle your fists i never knew anything like it thunder and lightning how your thumps fell on my sconce i never felt anything like it yours is a new game and you must teach it to me i will recommence whenever you like not on me though thank ye not on me exclaimed the cherineur laughing "'Your blows fell as if from a sledgehammer. "'I am still giddy from them. "'But do you know Bras-Rouge, in whose passage you were?' "'Bras-Rouge,' said the unknown, "'who appeared disagreeably surprised at the question, "'adding, however, with an indifferent air, "'I do not know Bras-Rouge. "'Is he the only person who inhabits this abode?' "'It rained in torrents, and I took shelter in the alley. "'You meant to beat this poor girl, and I have thrashed you. "'That's all.' "'You're right,' i have nothing to do with your affairs bras rouge has a room here but does not occupy it often he is usually at his estaminet in the champs Elysees. but what's the good of talking about him then turning to the goualeuse on my word you are a good wench and i would not have beaten you you know i would not harm a child it was only my joke never mind it was very good of you not to set on this friend of yours against me when i was down and at his mercy come and drink with us he pays for all by the way my trump said he to the unknown what say you instead of going to tipple shall we go and have a crust for supper with the Ogress at the white rabbit it is a franc with all my heart i will pay for the supper you'll come with us goualeuse inquired the unknown thanks sir she replied but after having seen your struggle it has made my heart beat so that i have no appetite pooh pooh one shoulder of mutton pokes the other down said the chourineur the cookery at the white rabbit is first-rate the three personages then in perfect amity bent their steps together towards the tavern during the contest between the chourineur and the unknown a charcoal cellar of huge size ensconced in another passage had contemplated with much anxiety the progress of the combat but without attempting to offer the slightest assistance to either antagonist when the unknown the chourineur and the goualeuse proceeded to the public-house the charcoal man followed them the beaten man and the goualeuse first entered the tapis the unknown was following when the charcoal man accosted him and said in a low voice in the german language and in a most respectful tone of remonstrance pray your highness be on your guard The unknown shrugged his shoulders and rejoined his new companion. The charcoal dealer did not leave the door of the cabaret, but listened attentively, and gazed from time to time through a small hole which had been accidentally made in the thick coat of whitening, with which the windows of such haunts as these are usually covered on the inside. End of chapter 1